Dances with Wolves, Indigenous Pirate Radio. <laughs> that, that was much better than last week, Wesley. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. You're showing That's improvement. Progress. That's you're improvement, showing, man. You're showing progress. You're showing progress. Um, the the separation is in the preparation, Wesley. Oh, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm dropping jewels for you. Semi-precious gemstone. Semi-precious. That's right. Uh, my name is Jossie Ross, uh, I come from the Blackfeet people, those those tall, um, um, brilliant, um, hmm. hottest, and suspiciously, suspiciously good people, good looking people from the Northern Plains, directly south of what is now known as the Canadian border, directly east of what is now known as Glacier National Park. For such a very, very, very long time, they were simply known as ours. And I happened to be on a Zoom call shout out to zoom uh, i didn't know zoom existed minty um before maybe a month ago i had no clue what it was and and now i've learned more about zoom than i probably ever wanted to know but nonetheless, <laughs> it's been a very very important utility to keep people from going crazy my guess is that there would between facetime and zoom there would be a lot more crime if those two things didn't exist I, I, I imagine all the people, and I'm not saying no names, Minty, but with pent up sexual aggression. <laughs> who would do that? He's not saying no names, Minty. No, I'm not saying no names, Minty. But with the <laughs> of people with pent up sexual aggression that would make them do heinous things is hmm. probably manifold many, many times worse if not for those two apps. So shout out to Zoom, shout out to Facebook. Oh. Yeah, we happen to be mm-hmm. on Zoom. Uh, I'm on Zoom with some of my favorite people in the world. Favorite people in the world, please introduce yourself. I'm back. I came back yet another week. I made it. Thank I'm you. still in the house. <sighs> my name is Minty Longearth. I'm the cutest Southeastern in this house and in this Zoom right now. We are curiously short, mm. but really, really good looking, adorable people. Yeah. I am an Appalachian then. So I am low country. I'm Santee Creek and Choctaw, and I come from the Raccoon Clan, and I have been born and raised in the city, um, specifically here in Seattle and down in Southern California. And I miss all of y'all, and I'm here. Who's to my left? I don't know. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, which left? Because we got oh, we all, that all, way all, It's all different. How Matakiebi Wesley B. Rochamati Apolo. I come from the Lakota Nation, the Dakota Nation, and I also share ancestry with some German folks. Yeah. We, we, folks, everybody for tuning in. It's good to be seen, good to talk with some people. Uh, We don't get out much, so it's good to just interact with folks that are not, you know, the daily uh, delivery driver or takeout or target pickup, whatever it may be. Um, Good to see everybody. Hope everybody's stocked up on your butt white. Um, that's a concern across the country these days. In Indian country is no difference. Please take care of your budget. It might be more pronounced in Indian country. Like it, I it, heard, for sure. I heard that Indian country uses more butt white per capita. I think that's true. Like, like I think that's, that's true. true. Hey. Maybe because we deal with a lot more assholes. Right. That's one of the inequities. That <laughs> so I, you know, shout out. Make sure you know mm. one of the one of the benefits, I guess, if there is such a thing to this coronavirus uh, epidemic, has been. I'm one of them, like, I'll go to Costco and get the 80-pack of, of Kirkland toilet paper, right? And yeah. I've always been like that. 
And this has caused me to get out of my comfort zone. And there's a whole different world out there with toilet paper. It's an amazing world out there with, like, I'm talking comfort. Like, I'm going to go in the bathroom right. for luxury and for, for leisure. This has become a hobby for me. Right, right. Like, I'm sure. This is the six ply. This is amazing. Right. I didn't right. realize that this stuff existed. A whole <laughs> yeah. Reality. So anyway. Moisture um, pockets. Right. Um, moisture pockets. Aloe. Aloe. And now, like, the three bears, I'd be watching their commercial. I'm like, you're right. I don't want those little things on my butt either. <laughs> hey, look, I feel edified as a result of this. I've learned so much. I've learned about, I'm looking over here right now. I've learned about the charm and I've learned about quilted northern. Mm. And it really is quilted. Like you right? look at it and there's, there's intricate designs. And it's, it's, it's Cottonelle, oh. man, Cottonelle doesn't mess around either. Is Cottonelle no joke? Man. Okay. The waves, okay. they were trying to catch everything. Does it give you a little tingle with the waves or? Uh, no, that's just me. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> um, well, anyway, you and Miranda got like 17 kids, so I know you got to stock up on all of the toilet paper. Everything. There is definitely, definitely a stockade going on here. Dang. Um, this is Breakdance with Wolves and this is Fire Radio. <laughs> and we happen to be very, very uh, fortunate, blessed to be sitting here with, with um, some folks during this epidemic. And Minty, how much time do we have left, by the way, on Zoom? We've got 10 minutes on this episode and then we'll be back on. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you folks who do not know, Zoom has a 40 minute limit. And so if your conversation is going to go over 40 minutes, you just have to re-up. And, or and pay, so, but we ain't gonna do that. <laughs> and, you know, we just might have to re-up. Uh, right. But we happen to be sitting here during this coronavirus epidemic with some folks who are on the front lines within Native communities that are trying to respond. And I say trying not as a pejorative saying that we're doing an inadequate job, but I say that because none of us know what the hell to do. I'd say that at this point, Wait. There are no best practices. Like there's certain things people are figuring out. I remember three weeks ago, I was reading in the news and I don't know if you guys remember, but I was already rocking a mask. I've been rocking a mask and that's because I'm not rob robbing AMPMs or anything like that, but because I was, I'm paranoid. Yeah. But, and then at that time, I remember I had a couple of friends that were like, well, the CDC is saying you shouldn't take masks from the healthcare professionals because you don't need them. They're not helping anybody. You guys remember that piece of advice? Yep. 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 And then all of a sudden, no, you should be wearing masks. And I'm not saying I knew better. I'm saying that I was more paranoid. That's all. But we happen to be sitting here with people who are trying to do the very best that they can for their Native community because coronavirus, like most health disparities, most diseases, most epidemics, whatever, affects those who are most vulnerable in this country at a highly disproportionate rate. And we're going to talk a little bit about it in a different context, in the context of correctional facilities in a little while. And we're going to contextualize how those folks, those beloved uh, uh, brothers and sisters, like they're, they're, they're more prone to be, uh, you know, infected just because of the circumstances they live in. So we're sitting here blessed to have two frontline people within a particular community who are doing the best that they can to make sure that this does not get out of control and do like so many other disparities in the United States, and that is to decimate a Native community. Um, special guest, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, I'm Kelly Noble, Dakadan, um, and I'm from Zuni, Hotshiwi, and Keshi. <laughs> and uh, so that's who I am. I'm just a mom. I think it froze. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Thank you for being on here, Kelly. Um, mm -hmm. And and uh, other uh, special guests. Could you could you please introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Zoe, and I am um, part of the Frog Clan and a child of the Sun, and I'm excited to be on here. Thank you so much for being on here. And um, uh, so, 
for those of you folks who uh, who do not know, um, I, I, I'm fortunate to have a special relationship with Zuni. Um, that is where my uh, my other half other half of the family comes from, and and so it's a place that's very near and dear to my heart. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It has an incredible, incredible sunset. Wesley, you've seen the sunsets in Browning, Montana, and they're amazing, right? It is amazing, brother. Beautiful, sun- one of the most beautiful places in the country. Thank Absolutely. you. The sunsets in Zuni are there. I'm not going to say that they're, they're, they're better because, you know, you don't compare superlatives, right? You know, that, that, that that's kind of weird, but man, they're gorgeous. So I, I saw one set, sunset one time that where just the lightning was coming down and I actually have these pictures and it was just, it was so powerful. It was like, it looked like it was, it was Photoshop, but it wasn't, it was, it was a real thing. Um, and so thank you too for, for, uh, joining us from the, from Zuni. And, um, so just, just broadly, because we don't have too much time left in this segment and we'll really get into the meat of it, but can you tell us kind of what's going on, what the landscape looks like in Zuni, um, what, what the endeavor that, that you folks set out upon, um, within Zuni and how kind of what the response has been just, just generally. So very quickly, uh, we are, um, we're at one death from the coronavirus. We have 15 people that are positive and nine of those 15 are, uh, from Zoom, like live in the village. And a couple of weeks ago, they started talking about really limiting the number of people in our community. And the signs were put up and, um, we were given, I work for the tribe. And so we were given, um, some direction as to, you know, try to flatten or, uh, you know, flatten that curve. And so um, people were getting scared and we didn't do anything because we didn't want to incite a lot of fear. But at the same time, we also knew that, you know, it was, gonna, it was we were just preparing for it. So um, it's here. Um, we are going to a partial shutdown tomorrow at noon. Um, so we're just keeping the village closed to uh, tribal members and those who reside with tribal members. And um, that really left a lot of the uh, jewelry buyers to be on the outside. So the artisans, the silversmiths, you know, and um, you were talking about masks and wearing the masks and being prepared. And uh, so a lot of people were, were practicing social distancing. We're trying to do everything we can. But, you know, in a small village, no one really wants to listen sometimes. And so everyone's out cruising and stuff. But um, that's where we're at. That's the landscape right now. Um, so uh, I'll let Zoe chime in as well. Uh, we also have all the schools have shut down um, statewide. So right now, um, you know, the digital divide is definitely real. Um, our students don't have access to internet as much so it's harder to conduct lessons per se um so our schools have ordered um home resource kits and have um given those out to our students um it was pretty popular so we actually had to order some more some more coming um i know the school district is also trying to i work for the school so i'm just sharing school news um the school district is trying to get some mobile Wi-Fi units um, around the village so that the seniors can finish their senior projects and graduate. Um, so those types of things um, have been very hard and trying to get in contact with families and just making sure that they're okay, trying to touch base with them because everyone is hit hard. Um, people have lost jobs or they're maybe um, self-employed, so not able to make money uh, with their um, artists artisan crafts and um so that's kind of that reality there we also have a curfew so everyone's supposed to be in their homes by eight o'clock um i know the first night people were probably testing it so there was a lot of <laughs> uh police lights going off like fireworks everywhere throughout the village i heard <laughs> yeah that's true and earlier Jaffe, you said something you know you're talking about the the luxury of toilet paper. Well, when that whole toilet paper and cleansing thing hit us, there was nothing on the shelves. And uh, so I'm the division director for public works, which includes our watering floor. Could you repeat that, please? 
the division director for public works. Okay. And one of the programs that's under my division is the water department. And we started having all these sewer breaks, which is super serious in a small setting, right? And uh, what they found were people were using paper towels and super, super thick toilet paper that doesn't break down and wipe. This is a perfect segue for us to take a quick break. (laughs) And we will be right back with our guest. This is Break Dances with Wolves and Business Pirate Radio. Ah. Nice, nice. I like a magnum that. opus. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I want to point out your hair's coming in nicely down there, huh? Who are you talking to? You. Me? You talking about this? You talking about this? What's going on here? All that, all that. All of it. Yeah, I'm. I, I got the glow. I got the glow. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna say you got the glow, but you I got know. the glow. You don't have though. no little weird patches. You don't have no right here going. Not right now. Oh, not right yet. Here. You can't see it on this side here. I'm I'm like hiding in this. Like there's little scraps and scribbles. This is about 18 weeks of not shaving right here. So this is this is all I got. This is all that happened. So quarantine has <laughs> done this. It's not terrible. It's, it's not right. terrible. It's, it's like whiskers, though. A bit of a red tint, which which indicates your European, you know, ancestry. Right. That we, right. You know, we never want to forget. You know, we we. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you, you you are a fiery redhead. Well, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. From the coast. Sorry. You, you are. A fiery redhead. <laughs> you can't um, see the sorry, whiskers. Josh, I have a horrible web webcam. Yeah. Uh, this is Breakdance Wolves Edition Fiery Radio. That's <laughs> uh. And and we're uh, sitting here with Zoe and, and Kelly broadcasting live from Zuni Pueblo. Thank you so much for joining us. We know it's late there. We know there's a curfew, so you can't be out, you know, while out. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm sure otherwise you would have some, you know, some dubious things going on. But <laughs> when said no, said nobody to any Zuni woman ever. <laughs> did Did you see the article that I I, I sent y'all? Wesley, just now I did. Okay. Uh, What's going on with that, Wesley? Well, so similar to what we're talking about here, uh, reporting out of the Zuni Pueblo area, uh, the number of cases, um, uh, I think we said uh, there was about um, how many confirmed cases do we have down there? This this article is a little outdated, but but 15 so far and then one death. And uh, according to the folks who are uh, writing this article, the worry is that at this rate, the Entire tribe will be extinct. That's the headline. That's what we're reading here. Um, I don't know how much. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So that's that's not the case. Like that's not how the feeling is. There's not a foreboding sense of of doom uh, cast over the reservation right now. No, I think what the the author of that particular article did was take what the governor did say and mm-hmm. what the governor posted on Facebook and then took somebody's comment from the you from know, the from Facebook post. Right. And comment. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> That's how they and do it. Exactly. And then it just spread like wildfire. However, the governor of the state, you know, um, kind of sounded the alarms by saying if we don't do anything, the tribe would be wiped out. Which for our tribe, that was like when I first saw that, I was I was really I wasn't I, I was a little upset because in our tribe you don't say stuff like that. That's just bringing it on, you know. And we don't say that. And look how long we've been here. And like when I posted, my thumbs were just going like curly thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, we have our sacred mountain. That's our stronghold. And our ancestors made it there. They didn't sit here. And be like, oh, there's our stronghold, but we're so scared we can't get there. Hello, we're here. They made it to the stronghold, you know. And so, I I was just a little like, I mean, it's the fear is palpable. I I let's be fair, the fear is palpable, but um, you know, it's interesting because we have our our uh, religious doings as well, and so there's this sort of divide of sort of the educated and even I mean there's educated people in the religious um 
key vision stuff as well. But, you know, fair enough. They say, well, if you don't have enough faith in what we're doing, you know, you have to have faith. But we also know, on the other hand, that if you're in close quarters, it spreads. So we're sort of in this quandary here. And, um, but that's actually what kind of brought us to what we were, what we're doing right now, because people got scared. Things started shutting down, no toilet paper, no cleaning supplies. And then, um, you know, people didn't go anywhere. And so jewelry buyers weren't here. Uh, schools got shut down. Uh, tribal employees, we got put on uh, admin leave. Uh, we're going into our third week. Um, and it's, it's unnerving because we haven't been here before, you know? So, um, so we spent a lot of time on social media and Zoe's one of my, um, social media friends. And I just have to say, like, Zoe, I had no idea. We're in the same clan and I didn't even know that. Wow. Like, right? Beautiful. <laughs> See, okay. there's no coincidences. That's never. That's right. Okay, so so um you that was that was kind of sensationalized that quote. Yes. But there are I, I don't want to speak from for people who are who are from there, but it seems like there are w- within the Southwest, uh, a few of the tribes have had similar um, uh, responses to coronavirus, and it seems like there's um, something within those communities that seems differently vulnerable than a lot of other um, communities, both native and non-native. And and because the numbers indicate that, right? Because the numbers say, man, there's there's some reason why it's being transmitted differently here than over here. And we see that within black communities as well. We see that in Detroit. We see that in Milwaukee. And so within Zuni Pueblo, um, Zoe, what do you think is the unique thing that makes it more dangerous or more contagious or 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 whatever the proper wording is? Um, there and and particularly volatile in, in in Sunni. Well, I think, and this is my opinion. Um, Kelly kind of brought it up. Um, the the different opinions on like. So right now, so we we had our like last night dances where there's um there are uh, dances happening during the night. Jossie, I know you've been here, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, And so people were still gathering in in homes and uh, watching in close quarters. Um, And so there's kind of like that divide of like still wanting to practice who we are and, and the songs and the religions that things that are happening. Uh, and then at the same token, knowing that how the virus spreads, you know, there's all of those things that are happening. And so I think people are kind of caught in the middle of that. And then some people just, you know, not just not listening, yeah, <laughs> thinking, right. you know, it can't touch us. It's not it's not going to come here or it's not it's not it's not going to affect me. Um, but. But now that we've had uh, a community member pass away, and um, I, I think that brought a lot of people, because then I noticed the following, this past week, people have been wearing masks, not everybody, but people have been wearing masks while they're out. And whereas before, like when the night dances were happening, um, my son was participating, so I, I wanted to go um, support him. And so I put, my daughter and I put on our masks, and we kind of just stood apart and watch from the window uh and we got strange looks you know for for wearing masks but the following week people are starting to wear more masks so yeah it's just mis- i don't know like i don't know i was trying to wrap my head around that too like what don't they understand like what's not what's not getting out there or you know do does it need to be translated like i just didn't know like where people were in their um, 
do you think um how, how do you think that so can you kind of you know talk about what what you two specifically have been doing in response to this so when I, I was bored and got on Facebook and I just saw this post that said, hey, if you're hungry, call me. There's no need to go hungry. I have food. I'll share with you. So I reposted it and said, like, I really mean it. Message me. And then Zoe made a comment on there. And then um, she said, could the tribe put up a food pantry? And no, you know, knowing what I'm doing, because I'm part of the incident command as well. Um, governor declared an emergency, and so we have to stand up the incident command system and such. And and so I said, the tribe is doing everything that they can right now. Um, but let me think about this. Um, I have a six by twelve enclosed cargo trailer, and it just it was just sitting there, and so. I don't remember. I think I just messaged you, personal messaged you, and I was like, "Why don't we do it? Like, why don't we take that trailer?" Yeah, <laughs> I just remember. I remember you saying, "I have this trailer, um, but I need shelves. I need to find somebody to build shelves." And of course, I'm like, "My husband can build shelves." <laughs> Not even asking him yet, but I'm like, yeah. "He can build it." <laughs> yep. And then I and, and we were just like, "Good, it's amazing." And so. So we said, why don't we just build this, uh, build, build these shelves, get donations, put all the donations in there. And at first, the idea was, then we'll just drive the trailer and park in the neighborhood and let the elders come out. I mean, you know, kind of small thinking. <laughs> and then we posted it I, on the 5th, four days ago. And on Sunday. Yeah. On Sunday. Where are we at? I get lost. I don't wear the underwear with the gays on it anymore. So <laughs> it's Thursday. 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 So anyhow, so she says, how much should our goal be? And I was sitting there with another friend and I said, I'd say 5,000. And my other friend, this is how, I don't know if it's like an Indian thing or what, but like, oh no, that's too much. <laughs> 3,000. So I messaged back. I was like, okay, 3,000. And then um, put it there, and like, bam, we hit it. What? what it and this guy messages both of us and says, "Hey, I was gonna donate, but you you met your monetary goal, so I can give time." And I messaged back. I said, "Yeah, but ten thousand is my spiritual goal." <laughs> nice. And guess what? I wanted to share eleven thousand eight hundred and seventy. Wow. I mean, I, that was before the show started. So, Holy but what I wanted to, what I wanted to say about that was all it takes is two people, you know? Zoe yeah. was like, okay. She was, she was crazy enough to be like, okay, let's do it. And, and here we are. And so, um, but I want to say something about her. She has this amazing network of people. And never underestimate your network because by the time that I had gotten around to coming to the Facebook page and going, oh, I can invite my friends, you know, um, she had that, everybody sharing it and everything. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I, I literally just got the biggest lump in my throat because I was like, people still care, you know, because at first I was just like, Oh, I'm so tired of just fighting with everybody. You know, the tribe doesn't do enough. The tribe doesn't. And I'm like, we're free people. We're free thinkers. We're go-getters. Why do we have to lean on the tribe for anything? We should be, we're on Ashiwi. We're Zuni. We take care of each other. And so it was really refreshing to find Zoe who was willing to be like, yeah, let's do this, you know? <laughs> So here we are. And today, this is the kind of quandary that we're in. It's like, okay, we have this money. Um, who is our target demographic? Well, I always, you know, the elders. And then Zoe tells me, gosh, ah, she said, what about the backpack kids? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are the backpack kids? 
And she's like, well, on um, you know, because I don't work in the schools. And she said, well, there's there's the kids on Friday that get a backpack and they get to go to the pantry, so they'll have something to eat in the weekend. Yep. And I was just like, I'm a, I, you know, I pray. Um, I pray. I'm pretty conservative and, you know, Christian. I'm like, God, help us get to the right people. And here she said that. And I was just like, oh, wow. It just hit me in my face that on a reservation where there's access to food programs, access to school food, access to that, they still go hungry. In the weekend. Yep. That blew me away. Um, um, Wes, uh, it seems like, um, these, uh, so first of all, uh, um, Zoe, Kelly, thank you so much for, for, uh, sharing and for doing what you're doing. Um, Absolutely. you're, you're, you're right. That's, that's ultimately, the punchline about sovereignty, about self-determination is that we've got the solutions ourselves. Right. Um, you know, relying on, you know, I mean, I know Trump is understandably a punchline, but um, at the same time, if it's Obama, if it's uh, Clinton, I, it doesn't matter. We're the people that have the solutions for our community. And, yeah. and relying upon somebody else to do that, to, to, to fix what um our responsibility our families that's it's it's wrong thinking and i love it when i hear these examples of personal self-determination and 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 you know internal um a willingness to solve problems so thank you so much for that wesley it seems like this um is kind of symptomatic of what's going on i see a lot of people i see like within our some native communities the the covid virus the coronavirus has hit really really hard and then sure. i also see localized solutions within those places. What You got any other uh, numbers for us or anything like that, Wes? So it, it, it's important to take into context, you know, it's it's in a few different places. There's not a whole bunch of confirmed cases across Indian country right now, um, but it is hitting the Navajo Nation pretty hard, uh, which is uh, down in the, the Southwest region as well. Um, and as of right now, they've reported about 488 positive cases and about 20 deaths um, across the Navajo Nation, which is when we're talking about a community that is small, as in, as Indian country is, um, these are pretty devastating numbers when you think about that. Um, we're not the largest demographic by any means across the U.S. Um, and one of the reasons that these are, are being uh, taken so seriously in some areas, there's also other cases in Zia Pueblo um, yeah. and San Felipe Pueblo, which are nearby uh, the Zuni area where our guests are, are from. Um, and it's it, one of the reasons is Native Americans are disproportionately affected by by things like malnutrition, diabetes, um, hypertension, asthma, cancer, um, all things that make you susceptible to this virus, to the COVID-19 virus. Um, and that being the case, coupled with the fact that we're vastly, vastly uh, under-supported, uh, unsupported on a federal level, we have um, failing healthcare systems that are underfunded as it is. And then there's a lot, lot of uh, a fight over just getting funding now in some of these packages, the stimulus packages that are coming out. Um, but there are some tribes that are taking matters into their own hands. Um, the Navajo tribe right now, they're, they're doing their best to, to quell the situation, you know, the lockdown situation that they're going through as well to try and quell the virus. Other tribes um, uh, in, in areas, in remote areas, rural areas, places like Pine Ridge, um, places like um, Rosebud, and also even uh, Lummi as well, um, and places like Makar shutting down their reservations to outside visitors and outside guests to try and keep people out of there. But um, it's what's interesting is is pointing back to the past on this. Um, the 1918 flu uh, took out about four times the mortality rate on Native Americans than it did the rest of the country. Um, and that's a pretty stark contrast uh, to, to the mortality rate we're seeing um, across the areas here now, so it, it's relating that and correlating that. If that if that continues to be the case for something like a pandemic of this size, we're still in the same conditions that we were largely in 1918. Um, you know, we're we're still impoverished on a lot of our reservations, places that don't have running water. Um, luckily, some of the companies that do offer the water utilities are not charging some of the residents on reservations these days to, to, to help people wash their hands. 
Um, there's still other places that don't have access to running water as it is as a home, so they're they're suffering too. Um, but that 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 number four times the mortality rate is pretty scary, uh, and that's why a lot of reservations are taking it serious. Uh, some of the places that are that are shutting down, and the other thing that that we're hurting from on this, um, and this is another numbers one too, uh, tribal gaming. Mm-hmm. A lot of casinos are, are shut down. Uh, a lot of revenue streams for tribes are shut down. And, and if you think about how much that really impacts a lot of the infrastructure that we as tribal communities rely on, um, that's a, that has a major effect. And, and to, to further uh, give context on that, tribal gaming operations are the 13th largest employer in the United States. Uh, so we're talking about a workforce of about 640,000 um, that are all at home, out, all out of work, and, and hopefully... Uh, getting some of this stimulus or unemployment benefits that might be out there. Um, but a lot of our tribes are dealing with it. A lot of folks are taking it seriously. Um, and with the number of uh, PPE and, and ventilator equipments that are out across the United States, it's only magnified when you get to Indian country because we're, we've already suffered a lot of those losses. So um, as, as some folks have put it, um, America is experiencing reservation life right now with uh, yeah. not having enough equipment, um, with having to be unemployed. Um, and some folks have put it that way and that, it kind of makes sense, but, um, but it's, it's definitely, uh, drastically, um, different across Indian country, just as far as how much capacity we have to take this on. Well, and I don't know how many people have been to Zuni Pueblo, but, um, if you haven't gone to Zuni Pueblo, I, I, I can't give invitations, but again, it's one of the most stunning places in the world, but they don't have a casino there, Wes. There, mm-hmm. There's no casino there. Um, and the economy, they mentioned it several times, the economy is predicated upon artisanship. Is that correct? Um, and tourism. And so how, how has the effect been to the, the tribal economy there, um, Kelly and Zoe? Um, interestingly enough, uh, the visitor center and the Main Street program are both under my division as well. And that was the first program to shut down was the visitor center because um and and we did a kind of the revenue that we lost in a month was close to fifteen thousand um that one just for march now you add that for april and possibly may um so you know it had a huge impact because a lot of those tourists would come in do the tours you know, spend their money at the local restaurants um, and buy from the local artisans. And that was wiped out in one day. They were shut down because they were afraid of all the people coming from all over the country on a bus to come and be sort of <laughs> unleashed in Zuni to Rome and, well, they don't really Rome, but, you know, go get tours and stuff. And so that was the first program to go. And that had probably the one of the biggest impacts on our uh, revenue generation. What, what's the unemployment numbers in Zuni? I would guess about 65% of our uh, working adults are not working. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest employers here in Zuni are the hospitals, the school district, um, the, and the tribe, basically. And then the rest are entrepreneurs, you know, or um, you know, in the, in the harvesters, uh, artisans, pottery makers, that, that type of art um, economy. So this is a significant blow to the economy and just of the, and I want to put the words, these are questions, uh, to, to uh, Zuni people's ability to provide for themselves. Is that, is that a fair statement? That's, a, that's definitely a fair statement. And and what do you think of the tribal government's response to uh, to COVID coronavirus? Do you think that's been adequate, or I mean, obviously, you know, you, we don't need to, uh, you know, you're not you're not trying to throw them under the bus. But are there things that you think they could be doing better if they have more resources, or even with the resources they have? Um. I'll let Zoe answer that from her perspective because here's the thing. I know what's going on inside, so I don't, you know, I could give you my answer. Um, yeah. But from the outside of the tribe and the daily workings, you know, she she would have that. 
perspective a little better and then I can finish up with what the tribe is doing yeah so I think um think they could definitely um, they definitely have followed the New Mexico governor's um orders and they've definitely tried to enforce that within our tribe I know there was a huge battle I don't know about a huge battle but there was a big decision to make whether or not to even have uh closures to our community um you know everyone everyone has opinions on Facebook and one of that was to just completely shut us down. But a lot of our community members also work in Gallup. Um, they go travel to Gallup every day for work. My husband works at the Gallup India Medical Center. You know, there's a lot of people that work in Gallup. And so, you know, there was worry of like, you know, people at Walmart, I think, were like getting their employer to sign papers for them so they could show proof that they work there so they could be allowed to leave in case it came to that point so um there was just a lot of uh back and forth about that they finally um put signs saying that it was closed to to non-junies um and i and then learned from kelly the partial closure tomorrow so that's been ongoing but i mean i think uh, as best as they could they're responding to the needs of our community i think um the information sharing has been great they've been on the radio book and anywhere else to share some of the updates um the governor posts from his own personal page as well um just sharing information about the closures and about uh how many people are are testing positive now and what they're doing um so at the beginning yes they seemed a little bit slow like not really responding but I think that was just more because Kelly and everybody else was trying to do what they needed to do on their end to figure it all out before they shared it with everybody and so once I think it's been shared it's been um, yeah and I don't even think it's a, I don't even think it's a critique I don't think it's you know no. because because again nobody knows what best practices are no this has never happened. Like even my dad, who's pretty tied culturally uh, and religiously, he he was just even like, this has never happened yeah. to us. And so, as far as the cultural aspect of it, like he's like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like he himself, he he um he himself was like afraid to go sing with his group, um, just because he he wasn't sure, you know, being exposed and all of that, he was afraid to bring that home as well. And um, I hadn't seen my dad for almost like three weeks, maybe. Um, and the anniversary of my mom's death is today, actually. So I, I, me and my daughter, uh, daughter and my son put on masks and we went to go visit my dad because I just felt like I needed to be in his presence, um, even though we were in masks and couldn't hug and stuff. But um, that's the first my scene and so it's yeah nobody knows uh how this has affected so many of our our community members so we just i'm just really fortunate and humbled that we were able to get such a huge response to our call for help um to be able to provide for for some of our community members who who really need it yeah, and, you know, to add on um, to Zoe's point about going and seeing her dad, um, and I was thinking about what you said earlier about, you know, in 19, in the 1918 um, pandemic, they were, you know, our people were wiped out and stuff. And, you know, and, and I was thinking about then and now, and one of the things that I learned about myself during this time was that I was like, I can't believe what a hugger I am. And I'm going crazy because there's nobody to hug and you can only bump elbows and like and then I thought maybe that's why because as native people when you're you know maybe what our people were going through back then and there was a lot of fear what do you do you literally hang on to each other and so you spread that even further and and so today in our time not to be able I mean that's what's happening right now 
we're not being able to snuggle or, you know, even just hug our family members, um, you know, and I'm kind of of the mindset, maybe I'm closer to boomer age, <laughs> that I'm like, <laughs> I think I already had it back in November and December because I was sick, you know, and but at the same time, I think you have to find that balance between the fear and keeping your head about you, mm. you know, keeping calm enough as a leader to say, okay, I need to stay calm because all these people that are afraid, they're looking towards me. And I'm not meaning me. I'm just saying our governor, you know, and, and put that all on his shoulders because people, people criticize each other, you know, um, and they're doing the best that they can. They've given admin leave. They've had, um, people tested. They've um, really been in touch every day is a conference call with the locals, the state, the feds, IHS. We all get on an incident command and control group and call and we communicate. So, but those aren't things that the general public is privy to because you don't want, you know, 12,000 voices and not being able to make a decision. Um, but really what they're looking for is direction. Thank you very much. Uh, we have to start to wrap up. Um, uh, Zoe and Kelly, thank you so much for being on this call. And certainly we're open to uh, have more conversations about it. I think it's very, very important to have more conversations and not just be one. Um, any last words? Um, any, anybody, Minty, you got any last words? You can kind of quiet this call. I know that, um, you know that 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 you're uh, you were you were feeling some way about that kitchen, um, <laughs> and so you know maybe that got you a little bit silent. But uh, do you have any you have any last thoughts on this, Minty? You know, I I just was really grateful that um, both both of you decided to come on to our show and you know give us this knowledge about what's going on down there. It is so important for us to get the word out to Indian country because we're not ever in the news and we know that there's so much going on in Indian country that really needs to be um, spotlighted. And what is happening down there is definitely one of those things. So I really am grateful that you guys are doing the work that you need to do to help um, the SUNY Pueblo community. And I really appreciate you coming on. I hope you guys will come on again and continue to, you know, be community with us at a time where it's really hard for us to access immediate community. Yeah. And and in that vein, let us know how you can utilize our platform to, you know, spread your word and what, what you folks are trying to do. Um, in fact, for donations, do you guys have Cash App or Venmo for donations? How can people donate? The link is on our Facebook page, or that the uh, I think it's called Kelly and Zoe's. Um, page the, there's a link there i can send it i don't know um i can send it to you to add it in the notes somewhere please um, do. yes that'll be, all right we um, really appreciate i i'm i really appreciate being um asked to be on thank you absolutely thanks for giving us an opportunity to share because honestly we're not anybody you know, I mean, Zoe's awesome and special, but I mean, like, we're not anybody. <laughs> we are, we're just moms that saw a need and said, let's do it. And when you know it's yeah. right, I get truth bumps, like goose bumps. My whole body had truth bumps. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that we were on the right path. And then as the donations started coming in and coming in, I, I was so overwhelmed. You know, she, when I talked to her before this, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do the happy dance. I can't believe this. You know, <laughs> we're just so excited. But I'm a good starter. Zoe's a good, you know, long-termer. And, and I think more <laughs> my role is let's, let's do this. Let's, you know, get going. But um, thank you, um, Minty, Jossie, and Wesley for having us. It's such a pleasure to actually get to talk about something um, that is positive and not so much focusing on gloom and doom and death and virus and you know it's about feeding people yeah. it's about going back and being the the zuni women that we are and innately we feed people we produce life we 
give life. And I, and I think this is a really good opportunity for, well, it certainly reminded me and it's just humbling, you know? So, but on a, on a lighter note, explain to me what a kitchen is. <laughs> for those of us who are blessed enough to have an added grandparent in our lineage who is of African descent, sometimes if things are going well, the back of your hair at the very base where you collect all of your sweat and all that gets a beautiful little kitchen in which all of your bright ideas come from and they go to the rest of your head. And sometimes they are a bit difficult to manage. Oh, got it. All of those ideas. And so now that I have a kitchen, I have learned it takes a little bit more oil and nuts and berries. Juices and berries. Yeah, them juices and berries, they mean a lot when you got a kitchen. Um. Uh, Minty Wesley, just a uh, side note. Um, we we should go live uh, to talk about Monroe. Yes, um, we go live um, next. Yep, let's do that. Uh, thank you so much, Zoe. Thank you very much, Kelly. And we, we will let's let's talk in the next you know next week or so and just see how things are progressing and how we can support. Um, okay. All right. Let us know how we can support. Thank you very much. This is Breakdance Wolves Indigenous Fire Radio. <laughs> hey, Kip. Give her the hush for me. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. I'm out in the fight. It is a good day to die. It's a good day to be indigenous. Choose the right to be who we are. We can't break our spirit. You stuck up on me just like a real city of you. Hey, it's a young Indian boy.